Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye! I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the coach. Buddy Martin. Hello, welcome to the Buddy Martin Show. Wednesday edition of the program. Here from the home studio. Glad to be with you today once again. On a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday, Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. We do appreciate that very much. <clears throat> Hello to everybody out there in the Gator Nation Kingdom. Otherwise, the ones who are not members, glad to be with you today. Got a good show planned for you today. <clears throat> I know some of you are wondering about the times. Uh, we come and we go at different times now, and we... We mostly will be hitting mid afternoon, um, early afternoon, and and not too many uh, more times will we be six thirty to seven o'clock. But tonight's show starting at five thirty as we go, and we got some terrific guests for you. We joined shortly by Franz Beard. Franz Beard, of course, is the um, guy who covers Gator sports and particularly basketball and football uh, at University of Florida. Has been through it for a long time. FightingGators.com is where he resides, his writing is. He, of course, is with us every week, Monday and Friday, and sometimes during the midweek, and occasionally on the late-night Dilly Dillies. Uh, then uh, followed up by a guy I think is one of the really outstanding voices and minds of college football. Get this hat straight down here. Uh, <clears throat> the guy who's been around football a long time, who works with a CBS crew on Saturdays during the football season in the press box with... Uh, Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler, and he's a spotter and a producer, sort of. David Moulton does his own talk show with uh, Miller, and then the down in South Florida is Miller and Moulton. <clears throat> and uh, also, we'll have uh, Zach Albavardi. Uh, he'll be joining us. Zach is from, let me just adjust this microphone. Zach is from, um, SEC country. Many of you know him from being here on the show. And Zach is a very bright, up-and-coming guy who does a show in the afternoon at WRUF. Uh, good show yesterday with Brady Ackerman. Boy, I tell you, you've got a great response from the Gator Nation Kingdom. And uh, it was fun doing it. I just talked with Brady a moment ago, and we're going to be doing this every week. I'm excited about the future with him as well. So I wanted to start out today. This is this is something that wouldn't maybe some be on most sports shows, but I tweeted this today. And I was and I was kind of, uh, you know, surprised at the reaction. Uh, there are other things in life besides sports, and of course we know the news, uh, passing of a of a great figure in American history and Buddy Graham. Regardless of what you think about religion or faith or whatever, there's no denying his impact on the presidency and people in this country and a man that everybody considers to be one of the giants uh, of the pulpit uh, today at 99 years old and. Uh, I uh, tweeted out, there's a new mansion in the neighborhood where the streets are paved with gold right next door to Jesus, R.I.P. Billy Graham. So, 
permit me just to throw that in there. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to trample on your beliefs. That's fine. You believe whatever you like, and uh, but this is a very important passing of a very important man. There's Paul Feinbaum talking about him today as well, too. So uh, uh, we have a lot of news going on, and also uh, some rumors which we don't want to dwell on or even talk about, but there's some of them that are pretty prominent. Here's the mysterious telephone in my office. If you can hear it in the background, I never know what this is. It's a phone that rings in my house. Used to have a landline. Any of you got landlines anymore? Uh, still got it somewhere because it's part of the package. And I pulled every wire I had, and I've taken every phone loose I could take loose. Yet somebody keeps getting through this number. I guess I need a guy from Cox Cable to come out and tell me how to get rid of it because every now and then some telemarketer will get the number and ring it. So I apologize for that. But hey, that's just life sometimes when you're doing live radio. Don't have my producer today. The Crown Prince is not here and available, but we'll get through it. And uh, we're getting new technology as we go. We broadcast a different way. Yesterday, we uh, actually uh, did a broadcast on a different kind of um Sound system, which is interesting. We're learning all the time as we go. Uh, I, I want to I want to address something because those of you know who what we represent here, and most of you who follow this program do. And by the way, hello to Kevin and Brian and Eric and Lynn and uh, and Josh uh, and uh, and John. Uh, glad to see you checking in there, uh, GNK gang. We'll be addressing many of your questions today and talking about the 900th member of the Ghetto Nation Kingdom. But this is a, this is a pretty serious topic and one that I want to address straight up because as a newsman, I consider myself someone who, who tries to be accurate and, um, and tries not to twist news or, or slant it in any way. Whenever I report news, when I have opinion, I give you my opinion and I give you my opinion a lot on this show. And there are two things working here. One is there is an action that's taking place. Mississippi State's uh, baseball coach was fired yesterday. You all know about that. Then there could be a, could be a separate incident that may or may not be related. We're going <clears> to <throat> not try to connect the dots. <clears throat> but on this program, as those of you who followed us back in the days when we were trying to find out who the next coach at Florida was going to be, we really fought hard for the truth and tried to give you the best information we could. When it was documented, <clears throat> we we thought we thought the coach was going to be somebody else, and we said so. But we never said he was signed, sealed, and delivered. Although some people like to say that we did, but we did not. <clears throat> but we gave you the best information from people that we trusted, and we will always do that. Sometimes those people get it wrong. Sometimes those people get lied to. Sometimes those things get twisted. But never intentionally will we try to tell you something we don't think is true. So here's the deal. The coach of Mississippi State was fired. All right, we know that. <clears throat> Secondly, there are other things out there, other stories about a staff member at University of Florida uh, <clears throat> who may have been connected in some fashion, to this whole thing at Mississippi State. Uh, we're not going to ha have any conjecture or try to even report it. But just to say that we said yesterday, someone on Dan Mullen's staff, <clears throat> reportedly according to our sources, 
and I think they're rock-solid goal, has been dismissed. I will not name that person. I will not tell you who it is. I just know that person's name was on the website two days ago, and now it's gone. The name is there, the picture's gone, and the bio at the University of Florida is gone, if you get what I'm talking about, all right? So let's see what happens as we get closer and closer and what truth comes out. It's not for me to report this story and, you know, be TMZ and tell you what, what went on. I don't know. I'm just telling you what the facts are. The name on the person that was mentioned is now, they are now gone from the website, at least their bio and their picture that was associated with this story. All right. You can do your own math and connect your own dots if you want to. We're not going to try to connect them at this point in time. But again, in interest of truth, that's what's going on there. All right. So I'll give you that. So, uh, all right. Yeah. So we're still trying to find Brady a name. I don't know. Remember, I have to get the crown princess okay on this too, but, um, and, uh, we'll, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you a few nominations. Duke was turned down, said too much like the school. Archbishop was a little too religious. Uh, <clears throat> Earl or Viscount Brady Ackerman says Becky Smith. Viscount, Viscount Brady Ackerman. Whew, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, dilly dilly to you, Beth Lore. Uh, hello, David. How are you? I talked to today to a man who owns several radio stations. I'm giving you premature stuff here. I'm just telling you where we're going with all this. And we have had a discussion about having a radio program. Discussion. I've dealt with this band before. It's it's three large markets. Uh, about the possibility of airing an hour show each week from the kingdom. All right. This is this. We're, we're putting together a, a plan of action to see if it works. And that means that this show that we do, the Buddy Martin Show slash uh, the Late Night Daily Daily, whatever, will be put together and would be part of a syndicated program in several markets, mostly in Florida. Those of you who followed my career know that in radio, up until three weeks ago, the Buddy Martin Show was uh, on in, in about eight markets, uh, including Ocala, Gainesville, on uh, those sports talk stations, including uh, Tampa. Uh, St. Pete, uh, Orlando, uh, Melbourne, uh, the Golden Isles, Brunswick, uh, Hilton Head, etc. All on those stations until we made the decision that we thought the future was digital. So we went, we've gone, we've gone off the radio, traditional radio. And we've been extremely happy and we really appreciate uh, all the support that you've given us. One of the things that we've been encouraged by is your support. Uh, and we, and, and we got big plans. As you know, if you followed the, the story of the Bubba's best damn tailgate, there's going to be a whale of a party. And there's going to be some people there that you'll, you know, you'll recognize. So if you know anybody who likes what we do here, and I hope you're carrying the gospel out there to them, telling them what it means when you say stay loyal to the king and dilly dilly and the, Excuse me, kingdom, not the king. So all to the kingdom and dilly dilly and all what we try to do here. Uh, consequently, then you, uh, uh, you you know what we what we're about. Uh, so uh, uh, we will uh, we'll know more and more about that. There goes my camera. Something's happening to it here. Uh, let's see. We're making uh, just, Okay. Well, that's a little hard to do during the show when I'm moving all over the place. 
perfect right there. Okay, the producer's phoning it in telling me I gotta move the camera. Alright, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that's what we got going on there. And yeah, it is then a cool deal if it works out. We hope, we hope that it does. And, uh, alright, so we're going to shift gears here and see if we can't make this whole thing work. Flying solo today. And that's okay. We got that covered. If we can, we're going to try to, uh, work out our phone call to Franz Beard here on Skype. Let's see if we're able to do that. And France is probably, if I know France, he is at the, um, France is at the, um, let's see. Uh, I don't see France coming in here yet. We'll keep trying. <clears throat> um, if we don't get him there, we'll, we'll call him elsewhere. So I'll try to get him online here. Uh, Francis, some news, and we also got the basketball game tonight. Um, and, uh, big game. My gosh, it's a critical game for these guys. They got to figure some way to win one of these games soon. And it's getting pretty, pretty urgent for them to pull the trigger on that. So let's see if we can, um, get Francis Beard on, get his take on tonight's basketball game. He also has some things that he wants to talk about, uh, regarding the the big scandal in basketball. And if you know what I'm talking about, I mean, obviously, the, the shoe is going to fall here soon one of these days. And when it does, uh, uh, it's going to be some probably some bad news for a lot of schools. So we'll see if we can get a hold of France here and uh, see what. Hello. France Beard, how are you, my friend? Doing well, thank you. We're uh, coming to you live from the studio. Uh, and I know you're getting ready to work out. Got some hoops tonight we want to talk about, which we'll do. Before that, however, uh, let's talk about this basketball scandal we've all been hearing about. You made a very interesting point to me today earlier when we talked regarding the scandal, regarding what is, uh, you know, what, what is, what, what we should be concerned about. And, and I want you to repeat what you said regarding what is the scandal. And, uh, and and why others have not been punished, et cetera, et cetera. What is your take on that? Well, here's the thing. You know, Louisville was rightly punished for, you know, when, when you're giving inducements of, of sex and strippers to recruits, that is, there's only one way to put it, and that is it is an unfair recruiting advantage. But my point is this. North Carolina spent 18 years with academic fraud that they knew about. And for Roy Williams or anybody there to claim that they knew nothing about it, uh, that's like the old proverbial ostrich with his, with his head in the sand. North Carolina being a blue blood, having won two national championships, being the school that gave us Dean Smith, who would roll over his grave, I believe, if he had known what was going on, uh, gets away scot-free, unpunished, not even a slap on the wrist. And Louisville gets its title vacated. There's got to be a better way to do it, buddy, because it doesn't change the outcome, you know, uh, by vacating wins. But it does question what they're about, the NCAA is about when they punish one school so harshly and let another school escape. 
it makes you wonder about, you know, what is their priority list? Uh, for example, uh, and let's just use this, if, if, uh, if, for example, Alabama does something under Nick Saban, they're sort of like a sacred cow now. But as we know, Alabama under Gene Stalling had wins vacated. And wins vacated from uh, when Mike DeBose was the head coach as well. Florida State had wins vacated uh, when Bobby Bowden was a coach. Did that actually accomplish anything? No, it didn't. Now, if you're going to do something, if you're going to punish people for doing wrong, then punish them. Don't give, don't, don't give a lot of happy talk so that everybody can say, well, gee, we lost in these wins. No, you didn't. You won the games on the field. You won the games on the court. Nothing was lost. You just had the recognition of it vacated. Uh, I'm sick of the NCAA in its selective uh, punishment. I'm sick of the NCAA in the way it goes about things. If the NCAA wants to be really valid and really wants to do its job, then punish people. Make them pay. You know, for example, uh, okay, fine. Uh, we're going to take 10 scholarships away from you for the next, for the next uh, five years. You know, you're going to have, in basketball, that means you're going to have three scholarships available to you. Let's see how you handle that. That's punishment. Well, it's a good point. I think you have to be a little more even-handed. And, and there may be a moral crime that's more ghastly than uh, than the other ones, but uh, certainly cheating and academic fraud is nothing to wink at. And how do you judge one against the other? And you're right. It was a terrible thing at North Carolina. And in uh, Louisville... I guess I don't know enough about the cases, friends, to say what lying deceit took place, et cetera, so we all know that took place. But let's be honest. We've all known the NCAA is really not a capable police force, okay? It just isn't. And it's limited with its resources. Uh, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with it, by the way, that be consistent in what you're meeting out here. Um, and I think it's, a, it's unfortunate. Now, I don't feel sorry for either one of them. Uh, and, I don't either. Uh, and they, they got what they deserve and then some. And so uh, I think what we have to figure out here is the bigger picture situation, which is to say, are they going to get serious about this and really start penalizing them in a way that, that something that egregious? We're talking death penalty, in my opinion. But, you know, that's well, – you don't, Well, here's you, the thing. I'll, I'll make this point because I know we got don't have a lot of time and we've got to move yeah. on to other subjects. But – you know, people say people are saying, "Well, Louisville got a competitive advantage." Well, you don't think that getting your players in courses that they don't even have to go to uh, is a competitive advantage? You don't think having players who couldn't pass a normal course on their own, uh, keeping them keeping them uh, eligible with courses that they couldn't possibly flunk—that's not a competitive advantage. I don't buy that. No. Okay. Fair enough. All right, let's talk basketball tonight. Florida, I would say, if not the most important game of the year for them, pretty close to it. And uh, these next two games, they can't come away empty-handed or the this train is off the, off the tracks, in my opinion. What's yours? Oh, I agree with you. I, I, I think that, that Florida has got to find a way to somehow win two of the next four ball games, and that's going to be tough because you got Tennessee, which is a ranked team and second in the SEC. 
You got Auburn, which is a ranked team that some people have as a two and even a number one seed uh, Saturday. And then you close out at Alabama. Alabama's already beaten Florida, and Alabama is, is hell at four wheels at home. And then you close out with Kentucky, and I saw Kentucky play last night, and that didn't look like it was a Kentucky team I've been seeing the last few weeks. That looked like a really good basketball team that's going to have to be reckoned with. So you got four games coming up. Every one of them of tremendous importance, but as you're right, the most important one is the one you're playing tonight, and this is the most important game of the season. They've got to get to nine SEC wins or they're not going to get in the tournament. You know, it'd be different if they didn't have talent. There are moments and glimpses of this team when all their firepower is there. They, They can be anybody in the country. We all know that. And yet they're also one of the most inconsistent basketball teams has ever played in Gainesville. They look great one minute, and they look terrible the next, and they go stone cold. And we've discussed this a lot, you and I have, about leadership and what have you, and I'm kind of sick and tired of trying to diagnose it. But at this point in time, we need to see some results. Well, if there's an advantage going into these next two ballgames, and, you know, at this point in time, you're grasping for anything you can get hold of. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is the fact that Auburn and Tennessee tonight are not going to slow the ball game down. These teams do not want to play half-court basketball. They want to run it up and down the court. My hope is that getting into a running game, in which the Gators haven't been able to get into in weeks, it seems, will get them untracked offensively, get their shooters back on on cue, and that could that could be the spark that gets this team hot again. We've seen them when they're hot, like those first uh, five ball games of the year. We know what they can do when they get everybody shooting the ball well and when the ball goes up and down the court. It's when they're in the half court that they start struggling. So my hope is in these next two ball games, particularly tonight, because the size advantage isn't going to be there in, on either one of these two nights, uh, my hope is that Florida – can get untracked offensively, that running up and down the court is what the doctor ordered, particularly to get uh, Chris Chioza untracked. In, in the last five ball games, he's only scored 26 points total. Well, good stat. Okay, you got 30 seconds to wrap it up here. Give me something Gator fans can hang your hat on, something that could happen tonight that would be good. Tonight they could win this ball game if they can stop. Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden and Jordan Bone. Those are the three guards. Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield are going to get their points. They're not big guys. Williams is 6'7", Schofield 6'5". They're bulky about 230 each. Turner, Bowden, and Bone are the outside shooters. And if they get going, uh, Mm -hmm. particularly Bowden, who's a 43% three-point shooter, they can be lethal. Florida's got to play three-point defense. But if they can stifle those three guards, Florida can win this ball game. All right, France, we'll talk to you Friday. We'll be broadcasting from up in, uh, in uh, Wyoming, Pennsylvania, where I'm visiting uh, my grandkids. So we'll talk to you on Friday, and let's see what happens. Appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks a bunch. France Beard from FightGators.com. Uh, we're going to see if we can go ahead and get a hold of our, our friend, David Moulton. While I'm doing that, I'm going to tell you, about our fine sponsor who makes it possible for us to do this. Been a good friend, great friend of the kingdom, member of the kingdom, by the way. Uh, he'll be at the, um, 
best damn Bubba's best damn tailgate party. You'll want to be sure you see him there. Uh, terrific guy and a guy that loves sports. He's a gator, by the way. And his name is Dan Hightower. And this is Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday on the Buddy Martin Show. And, of course, as we like to say, Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident and victim justice since 1976. And when he says it, he means it. So thank you to Dan, located in Ocala. You, you can call him at telephone number 352-629-7777. Shouldn't be hard to find. So um, we will... Uh, Take a minute and get ourselves together here and get a hold of David Bolton on this edition, this Wednesday edition of the Buddy Martin Show. David Moulton, longtime broadcaster, does a really terrific job on his show, Miller and Moulton in Southwest Florida. He also is doing a lot of ESPNU on Sirius XM lately. Basketball. David, talk a little basketball. He's really good on football, pretty good on basketball, too, so. Um, David's doing some high-level work there. And, of course, he writes a column for the Fort Myers, Myers News Press. Um, and he gets to go to all the SEC, key the big SEC game of the week, and work with Gary Danielson and Brad Nessler in the press box. So David is a, is a solid veteran, a pro. I value his opinion, his insights, and what have you. We're going to call him in just a moment. I'll be traveling this weekend, as I said, broadcasting on Friday. We're going to have our – Friends on Friday. We'll have Joe Williams on Friday. Terry Bradshaw may or may not show up. We're looking for him. And, uh, we're, of course, next week we've we've got a, a Monday show from there as well. So we're on the road a couple of days. Brady Ackerman, hope you enjoyed his show yesterday, our show. Brady and I talked to Brady today. And uh, it's just fun to do a show with Brady. We've been knowing each other a long time. We've done lots of stuff together. And I really appreciate what he has done. Uh, uh, in broadcasting in our community. In fact, I went on his show today and typed a message how lucky we were to have hashtag, hashtag homegrown. Brady Ackman is the most authoritative voice on Florida football in the Southeast. That's right. He is. Did you hear about this? The NCAA and University of Florida head football coach Dan Mullen, who previously uh, was, in a, was in a lawsuit filed by Rebel Rags in Oxford, Mississippi. It's a clothing store. According to Bruce Feldman, said uh, they were listening. Some kind of suit. Now it's, it's almost funny. It wasn't a suit like a suit the clothing store, but there apparently Rebel Rags is a well-known clothing store. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood going back and forth between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. If you remember, a lot of people think maybe uh, there's, there's uh, this might be a, a uh, this might be related to the rivalry. And so today on the program and the podcast, by the way, podcasts you can find on iTunes. You can find it on SoundCloud, um, and uh, you can find it right here on on Facebook. Uh, and uh, we're getting a little traction there. People are starting to tune us in a little more. Uh, and it's presented, presented, by the way, by Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for action and victim justice since 1976. So uh, David Moulton gets off the air in about a minute and a half, and when he does, we will dial him up. Uh, we'll talk to David about the topic we had on with Brady yesterday about when he and, and Tony Barnhart, Barnhart was great. When is when does the coach know it's time to to hang him up? You know, and what are the first signs that you see? Uh, and uh, Tony talked about it. Said, "Well, when you start losing recruits, and we talked about how how maybe you're not 
you're not as sharp as you used to be on remembering names of people. Uh, maybe when you get a little forgetful or you don't, you can't inspire players anymore. Some of your players quit listening to you. Little telltale signs, which makes you wonder how a guy like Joe Paterno, regardless of what happened to his whole legacy and all the terrible stuff that went on, how the guys who are older and continue to coach Snyder, Kansas State. I mean, they, they, they must be quite, I mean, I can imagine right now I work with a bunch of 18, 19 year olds at my age. I, I would probably like some of it because I really enjoy young people. I love young, energetic, fresh, bright people who are eager to learn and, and achieve. But I imagine they'd have a hard time identifying with this gray hair, but you never know. A lot of people think that the millennials are more apt to listen to you now than, than other people, than they are their parents. So we'll see what we can get, if we can get a hold of our friends, uh, Mr. Moulton here and to get his two cents worth. And uh, we're going to talk to a guy named, named Dickie Weiss, called Dickie Hoops Weiss, uh, used to be at Daily News, esteemed basketball uh, writer. Uh, right now, let's see if we've got David Moulton on the line. Is this you, David? It is, buddy. How are you? Good afternoon, sir. Nice to speak with you again. Always good to speak with you. What's up? I was hoping you'd tell me that. <laughs> you've been uh, you've been just off. Tell people about your show. Uh, you did your show today. You and Miller did. Uh, talk about what you do and what were the topics. Uh, well, we do a largely national show because in Southwest Florida, nobody's from here, mm-hmm. and there's no major unifying force outside of the weather. So uh, we do a largely national show and then focus in on the big regional uh, issues of. You know that are going on. All right. What topics were the re- were the what were the regional national stuff today? Well, I mean, my goodness, it was a it was a huge a huge day topic wise. I mean, between the Olympics, you know, we debated around a little bit of the the NBA and what Adam Silver's thinking about doing in terms of redoing the playoff structure. Um, you know, we talked about the city of Miami suing uh, the Marlins, the former owner and the current owner. Um, you know, we, we kicked about six or seven different things around today. Yeah. Well, on here, we've kicked around mostly Gator topics, and you know that pretty well. Right. I've uh, also been reading some of your stuff on your uh, your column on the Fort Myers News Press. You wrote about sexual abuse. I read some of that. Um, and uh, uh, in a, I know academic fraud, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then, of course, I've turned on my radio again, and there you are, ESPNU, dude, talking those hoops like you knew what you're talking about. X's and <laughs> X's and O's in basketball. Good job. Uh, I've probably followed more college hoops this year than I have in the last few yeah. years. What yeah. the heck's going on with the Gators, by the way? My goodness, well, this isn't it's, this isn't an Oklahoma slide, but it's it's getting close. Well, we just got off the phone with a guy who goes follows it closely, France Beard, and we just discussed how critical these games are tonight against uh, Tennessee and Knoxville at nine o'clock, and of course Saturday at home against Auburn. Uh, and there are two teams with good RPIs. France says Florida's got to get to nine wins in the SEC or they're toast. Uh, they should have been there a long time ago, but not just the fact they haven't won, it's the way they've lost the games. They've given the games away, David, if you've seen them. Given them away, and the Gator fans, as they tell me, are very very frustrated. And there's some extremists who say, out with Mike uh, White to the pit of misery, you know, whatever. Uh, that's a little harsh. I think he's still the guy. But something's missing, David. I don't know what you've seen, what you think, but Obviously, this team is lacking a quality. 
Uh, they're lacking a big man in the middle, um, and they lack they're lacking leadership. You know, and some of that falls at the feet of Mike White. Well, yeah, I have to admit, you know, I wouldn't know about the last part, but yeah, I don't know how many guys are getting drafted off this team. I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do know that when they win, they give up about 60 points a game, and when they lose, they give up about 74. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, lately they're having trouble getting stops. Some of that is not taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, listen, they've been a streaky team. I mean, early in the season, boy, they look like a top 10 team in those early season tournaments, especially when they hit the three. I think, buddy, you know, they might just be hitting a wall because I don't know how good and deep they are. And it's a long season. And this is the toughest, deepest SEC in a very long time. There's not that soft middle that there seemingly always has been where you can kind of figure out a way to get three, four, five wins just by throwing your B-minus game on the court. That's not going to cut it anymore, but the Georgia loss at home, that to me was the four-alarm fire. That was like, whoa, you should not be losing to this team at home. Especially when you got them up by 11, <clears throat> so that's not going yeah. to happen. Uh, just got to get the ball in bounds, and you got the game won. You can't do that. So I don't know what the problem is. It's a mystery team right now, and I, I quite frankly thought Mike White was going to easily sign for the tournament. Now not even sure he's going to make the tournament. He may be NIT material. Unless something happens, but if he beats two of these teams, he's going. To, they're going to be in without question because well, the RPI is good, and you know, what have you. Buddy, I think if they get one of these two, to be honest, they'd be such good wins. I mean, they're mm-hmm. both top four seeds right now, right? And also, you got to remember, there's a lot of teams that are struggling, like Florida. So you know, I, we kind of focus on boy what they need to do. Well, the teams that are around them aren't necessarily getting the job done yeah. either. There's a whole lot of teams that are, you know, on the wrong side of the bubble, and Florida's not even on the bubble yet. Now, they're close. They're close, but they're not there yet. Yeah. I agree. Uh, all right, David, uh, you, you travel around the scene. I think you've been to every SEC stadium, right? Yes. Okay. You've seen all the programs. You've seen all the fan bases, and, of course, you know, you know you've now seasoned better. How many years is this year? Ten years with you with Dan Gary? Twelve years. Wow. That's amazing. Gary oh, oh, six. Our, our first year was the magical 06 season in Gainesville. Oh, well, yeah. And Gary's the one who told me on an interview I did with him a long time ago when he used to do interviews with me. He hasn't done one in about eight years. Uh, they said that this, this SEC set up for a run. He called a shot. I said, why? He said, coaches and quarterbacks. He said, they got them both. And he said, that they're going to have a heck of a run. And, and, of course, they did. The ultimate runs, matter of fact. And Gary, uh, I, I know Gary has his critics out there. You know it, too. Uh, I know you do local radio with Gary sometimes. Gary, uh, sometimes p- people got this perception. And I guarantee you if I ask the Gator Nation Kingdom, and many of them are tuned in right now on the message boards, they say Gary Danielson hates the Gators. Hates my team, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. please. I, yeah. I work with Joe Buck also. And people think, and I laugh, I mean, literally laugh. I go, listen, if you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. Yeah. But I, if, if there's one thing I could change fans' minds about, there's not a network broadcaster that I know or have worked with that gives a damn about the outcome of the game. Right. And I mean that sincerely. I, broadcasters care about three things. They want a good game, a good broadcast, and hopefully good reviews. That's it. That's all they care about. They want a good game. If it's football, 
They want it to be within a score going to the fourth quarter. That's it. That's it. That's literally all they're hoping for when the game starts. If they're rooting for anything, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, I'm, don't care. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, and that's been my experience too. But again, those are the conspiracy theorists out there who think that they're against their team. Uh, Vern Lundquist, same thing. No matter who you bring up, it's like I told you a long time ago, and you work for the Fort Myers News Press. You don't really, but you write for them. I've always said the worst paper in America is always where I used to work. Everybody's got the worst newspaper in America. You know, it can't all be the worst newspaper, but that's just how it is about how we expect. Now, here's the thing about broadcasters. The biggest sin, here's the thing. Gary and Brad pay attention to the game, and everything may not be perfect. Nobody ever gets it perfect, but they, they describe what they're seeing on the field. What drives me insane, insane, is what I saw again this past week. And when Florida was playing Vanderbilt and the two guys, and I want to call their names, you know, who they are who did the game. I swear to you in the first half, they did their own talk show. They didn't seem they were, people were making shots and taking, making big plays. I couldn't see who it was. There was no replay and they never mentioned the name that drives fans crazy. At least tell me what's on the screen here. Now that's unforgivable, Gary, but for, for not Gary, well, Gary, Gary would do that. I know, but, but David, certain that's not the networks. Giver. Certain networks, buddy, have a certain style. What is it, like, please? Well, I, I think you could tell over the years. Like ESPN is more talk. You know, they—that's the network or and family of networks in which it's more likely to get off of the game and just kind of get into a conversation and then come back to the game. CBS, for the most part, does the game. CBS is more of a nuts and bolts philosophy. Those are the broadcasters that they hire. You know, that's their broadcaster style. CBS is more nuts and bolts. And Fox is a little bit of everything. You know, you got Gus Johnson who can do nuts and bolts and then get very excited. And, you know, obviously he works with Raftery. And so, you know, but I do think that if you listen to a CBS broadcast, whether it's basketball or football, and you listen to an ESPN broadcast, the ESPN broadcast is a little more wordy. Okay, they 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 kind of treated a little more like a sports talk show, where CBS, from what I've experienced, treats it more like a game. Okay, like that. Uh, all right, so getting back to the SEC, though, this I'll let you get out of here in the next couple of minutes and go home and get yourself a cold one and relax, kick back. Are you home now? By the way, I am. Oh, well, you already had a cold one. Uh, so here's the thing: uh, how are these venues different? I mean, we all hear about how they're – and I've been to all of them, I think. Maybe I haven't been to Missouri. Yeah, I've been to Missouri. I went there when they were in the Big 8. Um, uh, so so how are these venues different? How does, let's say, Texas A&M, which has huge crowds and they go crazy out there and they have lots of money and they're rapid and all that stuff, how do they relate to – how do they compare to, say, LSU and Florida? Well, nothing compares – with Baton Rouge at night Mm -hmm. because it's the fervor matched with the intoxication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of its own area code. Most people will agree. Uh, During the day, it's a completely different story because there's not as much fervor and there's not nearly as much intoxication. Um, But, you know, to me, buddy, there's two differences because you got the student difference. 
you know, at some places the students are just kind of happy and, you know, hey, we're going out, we're playing football today. And then at other places they're a lot more serious about it. So the students are even more serious than the normal student fans. And then you've got the season ticket holders. You know, I mean, Florida's a serious place. <laughs> you know, they're, they, they expect winning now. And they expect a good product. And, you know, Florida's more, uh, I would say, unless the one or two big team comes to town, you know, Florida at the beginning of the game is pretty businesslike. It builds into explosive. You know, the swamp is explosive in the second half of games, not as much in the first half of what it used to be because they've had so much success. Uh, you know, you've got fan bases that are down right now. I mean, you know, buddy, Knoxville used to be a special place. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was magical to go there. It really was. You know, whether you like Tennessee or not, it was magical. Oh, yeah. And I've been there many times. It's rocking. For a long time. Long, long time. Yes, for sure. Well, you're right about that. And, um, um the other thing is that believe it or not, that the, um, that, that the attendance is down again for the third straight yeah. year. We discussed that some, I think, last week. We don't know why. Most of it, I think, is because the, the viewing experience at home is so good and the stadium uh, situation is not, uh, when you, whether it's your Wi-Fi or your cold beer. And here's the other thing I'm going to throw in there just for a quick footnote. Remember, I go back to the day when the first football game of the season was played, the third week of September, okay? That means the third game of the year was already October and it was 100, not 110 degrees on the field and in the stands. It's too dead gum hot up there to play football in the first two weeks, you know, last week of August, first two weeks of September. And so you, you factor that in with any factor in the home experience, home theater experience, David, you know, you watch yours. You're, you're probably got a hundred inch screen at home with nine controls on it, knowing you. Come on now. Uh, yeah, Come well, on now. Uh, it's, about, it's about 50. Yeah, right. I assure you that. Yeah, right. Uh, so, and we all do. And I, and I'm, I, and I'm telling you, you're, you're in the, you're in the ball, you're at the ballpark. I'm in front of my TV and I'm there from nine o'clock in the morning to midnight. Unless I go to Gainesville and that's where I park every Saturday because I don't get this kind of stuff very often in my lifetime and I'm going to take advantage of it. Well, buddy, I think there's three things quickly. First off, you know, college football for the longest time was a regional game. In the middle of last decade, it became a national game. And while that was good for a while, now, like you said, since it's become a national game and what's taking place in one time zone can affect the ranking of a team in another, more people may be inclined to stay home and take in what's going on around the country as opposed to, for the longest time, college football existed where you were, and that was all you cared about. I mean, think about it, buddy. I mean, all for the last, most of the last 25 years in the SEC, what do they talk about? Get into Atlanta, get into Atlanta, get into Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And then if we could go to the Sugar Bowl, it was never play for the national championship, win the national championship. It was Atlanta and New Orleans, Atlanta and New Orleans. That's what they cared about. Now, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Even before that, even before that, before there was uh, that Atlanta and it was, I mean, just getting the chance of playing a bowl game and being mentioned as one of the top five teams in the country without a playoff. You never talked about a national championship when I was no. a boy. That didn't no. exist. That was like the yeah. World Series. They played it someplace else. 
you know? Two other things quickly. One, a uh, significant decrease in the SEC. I think it was because of the product last year. I mean, yeah. buddy, what do we have? Six new coaches? I mean, there's yeah. a reason why. I mean, yeah. you know, half the teams in the conference yeah. basically didn't measure up. So yeah. that's, I, you know, I think part of the blame has to be on the product. But if you dig into the numbers just a little bit, it's a lot like the NFL in that, where both Saturday and Sunday football is losing their fans, is people under the age of 40. And I do think in college, it's clear. There are colleges that are struggling just to get the students to, come out to, to, pick, right. to pick up the yeah. allotment of student tickets. Wow. And, and instead of blaming them and discounting them, I think people need to sit down and go, why won't you go? See? There's seven of these games. Why won't mm-hmm. you go? And listen to what the reason is. And they've and told my them. guess is it's too long a day. Yep. Students have to be there first. You know, and then it's like I got to be there six hours. I mean, is the is quite frankly right. the product the last five years in Gainesville? If you were twenty years old, been worth standing there for six hours? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a and several of our members of the uh, the kingdom are weighing in here as you're talking. Ken Sagani living out in Mississippi said traveling to Gainesville is expensive. Yeah. Uh, not gonna uh, lie, I didn't go to a game last year. Uh, I watched them on TV, and it was uh, torture. For most of the, for the most part, I'm ready to get back to the swamp. Well, he's got a reason. He's got, it's expensive for him to go to games on the weekend. And you go to hotels, they charge you two nights and everything. A beer's cost you $900. I mean, there's all those reasons. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and they're legitimate reasons. The other thing, buddy, I think television's to blame. No doubt. I was talking with Paul Feinbaum Sunday night, Mm -hmm. in which I said, Paul, there's really no reason. I mean, you know, like the CBS, we talk about this. There's Mm -hmm. called a six day pick and a 12 day pick where CBS can decide fairly late as to what game they're going to do. Well, think about it as a fan. I mean, how many times two weeks out do you go, hey, do you know what time the game is on the 14th? Well, it could be at noon. It could Mm -hmm. be at 7. That's a pain. I mean, the NFL releases their schedule in April. Everybody knows what time the games are. You mean college football fans can't know before the season? you got to know where the game is, what game's going to be on for sure. David, great stuff as always, man. I sure appreciate your time. and. Uh, we'll catch up to you soon and, and uh, talk some more ball. All right? Buddy, anytime. Thank you. David Moulton from uh, uh, South West Florida, Miller Bolton st- uh, Show and uh, CBS and Fort Myers News Press. And uh, coming up, uh, Zach Albaverde is going to join us in just a second. I want to mention that uh, about our sponsor, this is Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. He sponsors the whole program all day long. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident and victim justice. Since 1976, call him if you need help on that regard, 352-629-7777 or visit DanielLHighTower.com, offices in Ocala. Also, Ocala Quarterback Club. Appreciate all those folks, especially our club champions. We mention them every day. Today, we mentioned Greg Ergel, Ergel, Greg Ergel Financial Services on 31st in Ocala. Uh, check out the phone number. and um, I don't have it handy, but I'll get it for you next time I talk about it. And, uh, uh, Greg Greg is a guy I've known that family for a long time, and he's a trustworthy guy and a guy that works hard and to protect your money. And I don't know much about money and investing, but Greg Ergel does. You need to call him and talk about your long-term plan. Greg Ergel, Financial Services, thanks for his support. Uh, tonight, 9 o'clock, basketball. Somebody, I read someplace, I don't have it in front of me now. It's a big day today. I had it posted, and I don't have it now, but... Um, with all the things going on today, my gosh, um, somebody posted here, 
We got baseball. We got uh, we got uh, uh, basketball tonight. I think we got softball. One of you guys in the kingdom might put it up there for me. I saw the whole schedule today. Lots of stuff happening in the in the uh, in the Gator world. By the way, a couple of comments. Hello to uh, Larry Allison. Thanks for the comment. Uh, to Susan Cunningham. Good evening. Checking in. Just finished work. How are you doing, Susan? Good to hear from you. Uh, Ken Seguini, we mentioned earlier here, says, I'm staying loyal to the Crown Royal. Dilly dilly. Okay. Uh, Nolan Richard said, uh, dilly dilly, Your Majesty. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Nolan. Uh, Lynn Tindall, um, talk about ticket prices being up. Uh, the product on the field, he thinks, is one of the response, one of the things that's causing it. Billy May. Bill May says, dilly dilly from Alabama. Hello, Bill. How are you up there in Alabama country? And of course, we mentioned Ken Seguini earlier. So, and, so our, our friends out there listening in, checking in. So, um, <clears throat> Max Howell checking in right now. So, um, we will, uh, get to him. Let's go ahead and get to Zach Albaverde and talk to him, um, and see what he's got. A Zach does a program, a tailgate party program with Pat Dooley and somebody else who was slipped my mind. And he's on our program quite a bit. Uh, he follows recruiting. I know there's some recruiting going on this weekend. How many of you know what's going on with recruiting right now? Anybody? Uh, there's something happening today. I think it's junior day. And, uh, so we're going to try to keep you up to speed on that. Let's see if we can get Zach on his, just off his radio show on his way home. We'll catch up with him. See what he's got to say. So, uh, check it out. Um, but, <clears throat> Mr. Albaverde, this is Buddy Martin. You're live on the air. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> we're doing all right. We're 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 going uh, producerless today, but we're making it. Uh, and I want to get to you. We ran a little long on our last guest. Apologize for that. I want to get up to you and catch up on your thoughts today. What was your show about today? I didn't get a chance to listen. Oh, I mean, but we talked about a range of things. But you know, obviously, a lot of folks looking forward to this game tonight against Tennessee mm-hmm. and. And, uh, you know, certainly getting to meet the, you know, more of the assistant coaches this week has, has, has been fun. You know, the, the guys that we got to meet mm-hmm. on Tuesday were really impressive. You know, Christian Robinson, Charlton Warren, and Ron English. And then we'll get to meet the rest of the assistants tomorrow. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's been a fun time, you know, buddy, because even once football's all over, you still got a lot going on, uh, and especially right here in Gainesville with all the other sports. I saw your post. I saw the post. I think uh, Ryan posted the story, I believe, on SEC Country Today. I mostly try to read your stuff and sometimes his uh, about the press conferences and all the things that were said and who these young people were. There's no coaches. But I want to ask you, was there one particular coach that caught your eye or something that they said that caught your eye? I have to say Charlton Warren, um, to be honest with you, buddy. He was just, you know, thinking about his background um, you know, and coming up, you know, through the Air Force and being a military guy, it just, it's so unique. Um, you know, you don't really see someone come up through the coaching ranks in the fashion that he did. Uh, and, and you see how it's affected, you know, the person that he is and the way that he coaches. And, and, you know, we saw the impact that he made on the recruiting trail, obviously being able to get Trey Dean's commitment. That was huge for Florida. And he's going to be a guy that I think really resonates well with, with not just recruits, but the players and the fans. Uh, and that was obviously a guy that Mullen had to go out and hire on his own. It, it wasn't someone that he had a connection with. And, and you can see why he 
you know, impressed during the interview process. And he probably is the guy that, that stood out to me. All right. Um, Junior Day Saturday, what's that all about? Junior Day is, is obviously uh, is fun time, you know, because this is a, a chance for the coaches to kind of get to know the next crop of recruits. And, you know, now that the 2018 class is in the books, they get a chance to get these 2019 guys on campus. And, you know, they've been on the recruiting trail and, and you know, sending out offers and, and meeting with guys. But, you know, this is going to be a chance to actually – sit down with them and, and spend some quality time and, and get to kind of see where they stand and show what they're all about. Because we've seen with this staff, you know, buddy, that when they get around these kids and they have a chance to bring them on, on campus, well, a lot of times they end up getting commitments, you know, down the road. And I think this is a staff that can win over guys. And this will be an opportunity for a lot of these guys for the first time to, to see the campus, to see some of the new stuff that, that Mullen has put in place and how he's running his program. Because many of these guys have, haven't been to Florida since the coaching changes happened. So this is an important junior day um, that they have coming up and, and, and hopefully something that gets them some momentum for the spring on the recruiting trail. Uh, the questions I'm getting from the Gator Nation Kingdom, some people follow you, by the way. Uh, Lynn wants to know about the running back out of IMG and the tight end from Lakeland. Uh, I don't know them. I'm sure you do. I said they're a must-get for the class. What can you tell us about them? Yeah, the, the, the running backs from IMG, uh, both five stars, Noah Kane and, and Trey Sanders, you know, two guys that, that are priorities for, for Florida coach Dan Mullen and, and his staff and Greg Knox. And, you know, they, they've already been by the school to see them. And, and both of those guys will visit Florida sometime in the spring. I would say that Trey Sanders is the guy that Florida has a better shot with of the two. You know, as you know, buddy, many of these kids from IMG Academy are not from the state of Florida. Right. Well, Sanders actually is. You know, he, he's from, you know, uh, Fort St. Joe. So, uh, you know, he's he's a Sunshine State guy. He actually, uh, you know, his mom's a big Gator fan and grew up rooting for the Gators. So that's something that, you know, might might play into their advantage a little bit. But Kane is, you know, he's from the state of Texas. He's got also a lot of family in Louisiana. So the Longhorns and, and LSU, they kind of seem like, the front runners, Ohio State, is also a team that Florida would have to compete with for Kane. But you know, I had a story you know this week on SEC Country about Kane. You know, he he said he likes Dan Mullen, as, as a lot of these recruits are saying, but just says that he sees the big picture with him and feels like Florida could kind of be a fit for what he's looking for in the program. So, um, but but again, I would say the shot is probably better with Sanders, uh, and then Keon Zipper, the, the tight end from uh, Lakeland. A huge target for the Gators. Tight end is a position of need this year. They're going to want to sign two guys, uh, and and he's he's certainly a top target, uh, you know, without a doubt. Not just because he plays tight end, but overall, I mean, he's a top 100 overall prospect. He's got a ton of schools after him. Uh, you know, Clemson, Alabama, all those you know programs like that have been after him since he was a freshman. Uh, and Florida is a, is a team that I think sits in a good spot right now. You know, they got James Robinson, and who's who's still on campus and is a guy that he's really close with. He kind of considers him like a brother. So, you know, that'll help Florida to have that connection there. And they've also offered some of his teammates as well. So, you know, I think the Gators have a shot with all those guys. Um, Zip is probably, I'd probably put at the top uh, that they have the best chance with. I think the Gators are are the team to beat for him. And then Sanders and Kane, you know, know, with those guys, I think it's about getting them on campus and, and, you know, and and, and locking in an official visit as well. Right. Uh, Zach Alboverde from... SEC country, the tailgaters show as well. Uh, you and Dooley, and who's the third person on that show? Jeff Cardozo. Jeff Cardozo. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, Jeff. I, 
Uh, I forget sometimes, but yeah, he, he, uh, so you guys are, have an interesting show there. I got a chance to tune in once in a while also, uh, to, uh, Brady Ackerman in the morning. Hey, let me ask you a question, Zach, before we go to finish off the day. Uh, someone said to me the other day, said, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to, to re- respond to it yourself to get the real, real words. And, well, Zach is very negative about, uh, Dan, about Dan Mullen. He thinks he's the wrong guy and he trashed him and so on and so forth. And I said, well, I, I don't recall reading or seeing that. And I looked at your stuff on SEC Country, and I think a week ago you wrote about how much you thought Dan Mullen was the right guy. Uh, which is the correct story, just for clarification, on this program, because we do have a lot of Gator fans that you know in the Gator Nation kingdom. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know uh, who, who you were talking to or heard from, buddy, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was some bad info that you Yeah, had. I didn't think so. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I've always, uh, been behind the Mullen hire and, and, and liked it from the start because it, it made sense, you know, and, and now that you look at it in hindsight and you see the job that he's done. And, and, you know, I talked about it on my podcast with Jeff, you know, we said that, uh, you know, Dan Mullen is the best hire that Florida could have made, mm-hmm. uh, because of, you know, the other candidates and also because of him, you know, when you look at his background and, and how he's come to Florida and just, you know, rejuvenated the fans, rejuvenated the players, rejuvenated uh, just Gator Nation and got people uh, paying attention to Florida football again and seeing some of the noise that they've made on the recruiting trail, mm-hmm. some of the things that he's done, you know, with the strength and conditioning program. And, and you know, I went to a Gator Club, um, buddy, and, and, and after I got done speaking, um, you know, a lady pulled me aside and, and told me she, she really liked, you know, what I had to say about Dan during his speech uh, to the at the O-Dome because afterward she said she saw how he went over to the fans and, and you know, got all with the rowdy reptiles and started taking pictures and doing selfies and stuff. And, and she said, you know, Jim McElwain would have never done stuff like that, nor would have the other coaches that, you know, Florida was considering hiring Chip Kelly, you know, he, he would not have been a fit for Florida right. like Dan Mullen would and really care about the program. So that's why, you know, I, I said he's the best hire and obviously his offensive pedigree and, and what he's done with quarterbacks. I think that he's, he's the guy to get that turned around as well. Well, for all the same reasons that we like him, uh, you're right. And I just couldn't fathom you saying that. So I thought I'd give you a chance to respond. Now we know it wasn't true. Whoever said that, I can't remember who told me now. Uh, that's good. Well, uh, yeah, a couple questions on recruiting and I'll let you go. Uh, uh, people are saying we need some linemen. Susan says we need some linemen on both sides of the ball. What's the story there? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, that, that's going to be a, a priority for Florida in this class, offensive line and defensive line. Uh, you know, you look at what they're losing on the offensive side. You know, they could lose as many as six offensive linemen if Jawan Taylor decides to go pro. So you're going to see them – you know, sign probably five or six linemen if they can, you know, depending on what he decides to do. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that they've offered, buddy. I think, you know, some of the ones to watch, Evan Neal, uh, you know, Dante Lucas, a lot of those guys from IMG, they've sent out several offers on the offensive line uh, at that school. And, and I think that if they can go and land one or two of those guys and, and fill out their class with some of their other top targets, that would be, uh, you know, a nice sign. And they got to end that. IMG drought that's been going on. Really, really. And I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, and I think this could be a year to do it, uh, buddy, honestly. That you look at the amount of, of guys that they have at that school yeah. that they've offered and they're in contention with. And on the defensive line, 
you're, you're going to want to sign several ends because of the, the pass rushers that mm-hmm. they'll be losing. Um, you know, potentially you, you got some guys that could go early as well, yeah. like Polite and, and Zuniga. Um, and then you didn't get a defensive tackle this past class. So they'll want to get some guys there. They got a lot of in-state targets. You know, Tyler Smith, a guy from um, uh, the Apopka area that they that they offered, I think they got a great shot with a four-star defensive tackle. So um, you know, still early in the cycle, but but that's you know he's he's absolutely right. They have that has to be a point of emphasis, the line of scrimmage in this class. All right, two more. I'll put them together. Uh, question: Is Baldwin coming? And then who's the quarterback next year? Uh, you know, Baldwin. I I I don't know. I. I wouldn't. I would think that you know Florida's got probably a better shot with him than some of the other quarterbacks that they've offered. Um, but uh, I, I like Jalen Jones. I, I think right now, out of all the guys that they've gone after, he just makes the most sense in terms of the relationship, in terms of the fit, uh, and just you know the factors that add up. I mean, some of the other guys are West Coast guys. You don't know, you know, how much distance will factor into that you don't know what other ties that they have uh they've they've gone after some offered some texas quarterbacks as well but i think jalen jones who was committed to uh mullen at mississippi state decommitted uh as soon as as soon as mullen took the florida job and then mullen got to get you know got to gainesville and extended him an offer to the gators and you know he he should be down this spring to visit and i think the gators you know got a great shot with him well they're all hoping ken lynn all saying hey top 10 class this year so that would be good. So far, I think he's done well. Hey, listen, good stuff as always. I hope we'll get you back next week to talk some more and appreciate uh, your, your, your help and also enjoy your work in SEC country. Definitely, buddy. Thanks for having me again, man. And, uh, I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Zach Alboverde. Thank, Thank you. Uh, I enjoy Zach. I, he's a young man, young father, by the way, guy that, uh, is up and comer. I may, I may not be that talented, but I know a good talent when I see it and a young talent. And I've had the good for, had good luck to work with some really talented people. This young man's got a future. So let's, uh, let's hope he does well. I, I feel that he will. <clears throat> okay. Uh, wrap up today's program. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to be coming to you tomorrow. Let's see what's tomorrow. Maybe about the same time, 530, but it doesn't matter. We're, you know, we're always here either on the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, the Buddy Martin Show. If you get the app, TuneIn app on your own radio, you can go to the Buddy Martin Show. We're on TuneIn. Of course, you go back to Facebook and you can get us there. Uh, and we'll be checking in. We've got a lot of variety of shows planned in the future. It's going to be a little different. <clears throat> going to be more and better. And we may end up doing, coming to you a couple times a day when necessary. Breaking news. Late night, dilly dilly, working on that. Got another guy who's going to be joining the crew one night a week. You'll know his name. We announced it. So a lot of good stuff and that you all make it possible. I appreciate that. I appreciate the sponsors. I appreciate the Ocala Quarterback Club. And thank you for making this podcast possible and program. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Coming to you live from uh, Wild Missing. Who knows where Wild Missing Pennsylvania is? I'll bet nobody. Uh, we will find out when I tell you on, uh, on, on tomorrow, no, on Friday, I'm sorry, because, uh, the special time for my granddaughter up there will be there first. So thank you very much. Take care. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Buddy Barton. Have a great night, everybody.